0: You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen.
1: Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Last season, we discussed the B word.
0: We did, we did. Even though this is a kid friendly show, we did talk about the B word.
1: Yes, uh, it's budget. Oh, yes, yes, it's that budget. B word. Mm-hmm. And on this episode, we're going to take a look at the D word.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, not that D word, not that one.
1: Uh, debt.
0: Debt, debt, debt. That's right. So I am sure many have used another D word when discussing debt but that is definitely for another time. So many of us have a different view on what debt is. Some consider debt only what they owe on credit cards and not their student loans. Others don't include money that they owe on their house as debt. So what exactly is debt, Whitney?
1: It's a great question, Danny. I think the simplest way to define debt is it is any obligation owed by one party, the debtor, Mm -hmm. to a second party, the creditor. A debt is created when a creditor agrees to lend assets to a debtor. Debt is usually granted with expected repayment. And in most cases, this includes repayment of the original sum along with interest.
0: Right. So basically, the debt is any money you owe to someone else. So this includes your house, if you have a mortgage, your car loan, your credit cards, and your student loan.
1: Exactly. So another way to look at debt is you are spending future income today. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So when you purchase an item you do not currently have the money for, you are spending future earnings before you actually have earned them. This means the money you are currently working so hard to make is already spent. This money already has a place to go the second you receive it, and it's not your bank account.
0: True, because you're already owed mm-hmm. That makes it sound so depressing.
1: I know, right? And I don't think that people put it in that perspective very often.
0: No, no. Like, so when I think about it right now, let's just say I had a bunch of debt. So I'm working right now, but the money that I would be getting paid, it's already has a name, and it doesn't get to go in my savings or my retirement or for something fun. It's going to pay for something that I bought, could have been years ago, depending on debt.
1: Yikes. Yeah. 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 So I know debt is the number one obstacle preventing many from obtaining financial wellness. I think that's pretty obvious.
0: It is. And I think when we go around and we talk to people, that is a common thing. It's just this debt. Because once again, you know, if you already have this stuff, you, we, you can't even plan for your money right now that you're earning If you have to already pay someone else for something that you bought that you probably forgot about. And who Mm -hmm. knows, it's probably in your storage bin or you sold it at a garage sale. So, Mm -hmm. yes. But unfortunately, borrowing money has become a way of life for many. Now, here's going to be a mouthful, but I want you to just listen. So the average person drives a car financed by a bank on a road financed by bonds on gas bought with a credit card to the local department store. So they drive to the local department store, and they open a credit account there to furnish their bank-owned house with things paid for on an installment plan. I mean, that just shows. And that is, you know. America? (laughs) It really is. When you think about it, how sad. I mean, but it's so true. And I know, once again, it's kind of, that was a mouthful. But when you really think about it, that is, unfortunately, the way of life for many.
1: Oh, yeah, it's very commonplace. And based on all of the examples you just gave, it's what everybody does. And it's how our society is, I guess, functioning currently. Sure, sure. So if you have debt, you're in essence, losing some freedom. The deeper you go, the more freedom you lose, which makes things really difficult.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And when payments drag on for months and even years with the interest eating away at your paycheck, you are unable to live the life you want. Because you are paying that debt for those possessions that you bought years ago.
1: Mm. I remember when my mom was explaining credit cards to me, and she said it's gonna be very, very tempting to go out and buy all these things now that you have this kind of fake money right here sure, on the card, right?
0: Sure, sure, and when you get that card, you're an adult now, right? Oh, exactly. look how responsible I am. They think highly of me, and they're giving me this card. Yes,
1: right. yes, I'm a member, right. I have my name on it, yeah. yeah, so it it gives me that power to go out and do things, but she said... You know, when you put something on it, let's say you want to go buy a new shirt from the mall, mm-hmm. how much do you What's really like? What's a mall? Do they have
0: those anymore? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay. So when you want to buy something off of Amazon. There it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, You know, you have to she she was saying you have to think about it in terms of like, do you want to keep paying for that or do you want to pay extra for it or are you going to actually use the card and then pay it off at the end of the month? Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to do that, you might as well just take it out of your pocket right now. Definitely. So it it helps you evaluate what really is important, I think, when you use that perspective.
0: Well, and then unfortunately, now when you look at those credit card statements, you can see they do, and it's kind of in smaller print too, but how much it will actually cost you. But many of us, we just look at what? The minimum monthly payment, right? Mm -hmm. So we think, oh, that's easy. I can afford that. But we don't look at really how much it's going to cost us over the course of that payment period.
1: 100%. So what is the true cost of debt then? When we get back, a look at the financial and non-financial costs of debt.
0: Welcome back to Run With The Bulls. So many accumulate debt on things they really don't need, or for that matter, really even want except for a brief moment in time, without thinking about the future ramifications of this debt. So even though paying the minimum payment looks very affordable, like we just mentioned, you have to look at the big picture to understand the true cost of debt.
1: There is a reason many of us receive numerous credit card offers in the mail each week, and it is not because you are a valued customer.
0: Even if you get that gold card, right? (laughs) No,
1: no, no. Once you get into debt, it can be a very tough mountain to climb out. Mm -hmm. Let's say you charge $3,000 on a credit card with an 18% interest rate, which is pretty average and pay just the minimum amount each month, which would be two and a half percent.
0: Right. that'd be about a hundred, 125 bucks. Very doable.
1: Yes. So how long do you think it's going to take to pay this off in full?
0: I mean, I know it's a long time. I'll just, I'll say since I know it's a long, I'm going to say 10 years,
1: 10 years. Not quite. It would be over 18 years.
0: Over 18 years. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, I'm just going to like, for me, I'm going to put that in perspective. So my oldest daughter, Ava, just turned 18. So I think about it. The day she was born, if I put $3,000 on a credit card, I would have been paying that if I just did the minimum. Her entire payment, life. Her entire life. How Yikes. crazy is that? Yeah, that's wild. And only $3,000. I mean, that's a th- <laughs> so, uh
1: What's scary, thinking about it in that light by the time this has paid off it would have actually cost you seven thousand dollars so the additional money is more than the original amount that you put on there
0: uh, and i can guarantee you something i bought I, I can't remember right now something i bought 18 years ago so i'm sure if i've done that who knows once again it probably been sold at a garage sale or sitting in a storage unit who knows right uh, so you may be thinking though you know i use my credit card wisely and i pay it off in full each month In addition, I get points when I use my card. Why should I be worried? Well, it is great that you pay it off every month, but you must be very careful. I mean, sometimes life gets in the way and we are careless. What if we do that and we miss a payment? This would lead to late fees, plus having to pay that dreaded interest. I have never heard a millionaire say, those credit card points were the keys to my success to retire as a millionaire, right? Unfortunately, many people think they are doing well by making the minimum monthly payment on their credit cards. This can destroy their financial futures.
1: Hmm. So to further illustrate why paying the minimum can hurt one in the long run, let's say you have a relatively low credit card balance of $500 okay. with an 18% interest rate again. The credit card company sets your minimum monthly payment at $15. So it's not too bad. That's very doable, yeah. but that's like too... Starbucks or like right. one meal out yeah. uh, a month.
0: Like 30 or no, 50 cents a day. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Very easy.
1: So if you divide the 500 by 15, the monthly payment, you should have the debt paid off in 34 months. Correct? Yeah. And I think that actually would be a little bit, it'd go a little over 500.
0: Sure. Sure. That, I mean, you may think that, yeah, that sounds great. While that may sound right, you will actually not pay it off in full until paying this amount for 46 months, not 34 how can this be? Well, since you were paying interest on this debt, you have to add this to the amount that was borrowed. So if you made this $15 minimum payment for 46 months, you will have paid $690, so $15 times 46 months, for your $500 purchase when all said and done. Almost 40% more than the original price. And this is just with the $500 debt. Imagine if it was $50,000. And this is why it is so tough to get out of debt.
1: Mm -hmm. So well said. And I think I am a fan of credit cards and credit card points. I don't to your point earlier believe that it's going to lead to my financial success but it is a strategy that i personally like to leverage i also understand that sometimes a credit card is someone's only way out you know that's their only way that they have to cover it and so making the minimum is the best they can do but i think what's important in listening to this example is you have to do what's best for you and you have to know that there's always a trade-off yes if i want to get all the points and leverage the points I got to make the full payment every single month and I got to watch really, really closely as to how I spend my money. Right. If I am going to pay the minimum off each month, I got to understand that I'm going to be paying a lot more for this item and that item better be well worth it.
0: Yes. Right? I mean, there are other you know, programs and, and people you hear never going into debt, never going to debt, never use credit cards. And I, you know, I understand that because if you never go into debt, you're never gonna to have to pay these payments like we just talked about in paying Sure. So I get that, but I think to your point, you have to look at the individual. I am like you, so I and I just kind of run on a rant. Not many millionaires say the credit cards led, you know, to my success. And that's true. But if you're smart, if you're careful and you keep track of it and you pay it off every month. It's okay. I do use a credit card every month. i use it to pay for gas, certain other things. Then I pay it off. So I'm not paying interest on it. And I have used the points. It doesn't, you know, it's not a lot, but I've used the points. When we went to New York City a few years ago, I cashed them in and it paid for all of our plane tickets to New York. So basically I got that for free. I look at it. But once again, going back to your point, I've paid it off in full every month. So I know I have the money in my savings account for whatever's on my credit card. I can pay it off. So I'm not paying interest.
1: Yeah. It's the age old um, saying nothing in life is free. You're you're going to have to feel some pain at some point as you go through this. It's Mm -hmm. just where do you want to feel it? And and what are you capable
0: of? Right. And, you know, there's certain people that juggle like five different if you can do that. You know, to me, have at it. For me, I have one credit card. It just makes my life that much easier. I don't have to spend so much time on it. But yes, if you want to try to get as much points, you know, that's on that, that's your decision. Yeah. But yes, once again, you just have to make sure you're responsible about it so you're not paying that interest because that interest, if you have enough of it, it's going to eat away at any rewards that you would earn if you go too deep into
1: debt. 100%. So in addition to our financial picture, debt can also have an impact in ways that are not depicted in our bank account.
0: Yeah. So one is the emotional toll you may face. Mental problems can often be directly related to money troubles, right? And people who have debt are more likely than others to be depressed. Those who struggle to pay off their debts and loans are more than twice as likely to experience a variety of mental health problems such as depression and severe anxiety, In debt, it can make you feel hopeless and lost. These feelings can lead to depression. On the other hand, getting out of debt can give you a sense of accomplishment and help you conquer your other goals.
1: Interesting. I know too that debt can also have an adverse effect on your health. We've mentioned the mental health component, but it can also lead to high blood pressure. I think the stress that comes from it can cause a person to have headaches or muscle tension, back pain, any of the, you know, normal kind of stressor pains that you might feel. So add stress outside of debt, you know, just work, traffic, kids, whatever it is to the mix and you can see how it will lead to something that's very unhealthy. Yes.
0: Yes. And then debt can also be a huge factor in how happy one is with their spouse. So couples who reported disagreeing about their finances once a week were over 30% more likely to get divorced than couples who reported disagreeing about their finances a few times a month. Almost 80% of couples who divorced by the age of 30 say financial reasons are one of the reasons they ended their marriage. So arguments about money is the top predictor of divorce. And life can be pretty hectic for most of us. Um, so adding debt to this mix can easily lead to more stress, pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. And then unfortunately, many couples view their debt issues as too much to overcome. And then it leads them to give up on their marriages altogether.
1: That's so sad when it's something that could be so easily managed if we had the tools and education. And because we talked about this when we had our spouses on last season, Mm -hmm. and it's really just more about understanding your spouse, how they view money. And I think when we get to the bottom of those things, it makes it much easier to have regular conversations and avoid that in the first place. But let's say you get in there. It's a little bit easier to get out versus having to quit the marriage altogether.
0: Right. And, you know, so if you haven't listened to that episode, the Couples of Money episode nine, go back and do that because uh, Whitney and I, we had our spouses on and we gave some really insightful questions that you can ask each other and we were the guinea pigs we sat there and mm-hmm. you know we sat in the hot seat and we did it ourselves too just to show that it's okay because many couples they still view that money as that taboo topic they don't want to talk about it and one spouse may be okay with taking on a lot of debt where the other is and so you do have to be open and honest about it because i mean the last thing we want is you know to lead to divorce i mean no, yeah. nobody wants that so yeah just be open and honest
1: Absolutely. So finally, another impact of having debt is that it can greatly impact your career. We've talked a lot about stress and how uh, the stress of dealing with it can impact um, your health and your mental health, but it can also impact your productivity. In fact, 43% of workers spend time on their finances at work. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. I can tell you, I don't do that, so you
1: don't have to worry about me. (laughs) But I mean, honestly... Let's say the next time you're sitting in a conference room or you're on a conference call with people, look around at everyone there and at least half of them are probably mind somewhere else or later in the day going to be working on their finances and dealing with something related wow. to debt. Mm-hmm some have to work extra jobs just to pay off their debt that's another impact and that leads to being able to focus less focus less on your primary job focus less on your family i mean it's very very easy to see how this can be a negative cascading impact right sure
0: and and, you know there were studies done i i think the last time i read it it was something like 70 percent of americans aren't excited about their jobs right They, they don't necessarily enjoy going to work if you're high, you know, if you have a lot of debt, it can be very difficult to make a career change and find something that's more meaningful because it may pay less. So if you're strapped to the gills and you need the highest paycheck possible to pay for all your debts, it just may be kind of like that hamster in a wheel where you're just kind of feel like you're really not making any progress. You go somewhere where you don't like just to pay off your creditors for stuff that you bought years ago that you don't have anymore. So yeah. it can just be a complete mess. Mm-hmm. Completely. So um so we have pretty much just slammed debt, right? We've told you it's horrible and all the the bad things from the the emotions and the bank account and you know your job everything. But is there such thing as good debt? Coming up next an answer that may surprise you.
1: Welcome back. I think you asked maybe a trick question before the break, Danny. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) So I'm curious, is there actually such a thing as good debt?
0: Right. I know you would think from the last segment that uh, not. But while most debt is not good, there are times when debt, it may be necessary. All right. So we usually borrow money to purchase something we don't have the cash for at that moment in time. Like we just discussed, this will end up costing more in the long run. So although most debt cannot be classified as necessarily being good per se, some can make sense if it allows you to make a purchase that will pay off in the long term. This payoff can either increase your net worth or increase your income. And I think, I'm going to quiz you, do you remember or know what net worth is? Because that may be a word not everyone's familiar with. (laughs) Let's see.
1: Yes, I do know what net worth is. But I would love the teacher to give the
0: dictionary definition of that. I love it. It gets gets put right back (laughs) on me. I try to put you on the spot. I love it. So basically, to determine your net worth, you take your assets, so what you own, and you subtract your liabilities, what you owe. And it can be tough sometimes with your house because a lot of us still have that mortgage payment. So you can kind of get a good estimate of what your house is worth, subtract how much you owe on it, and that's what you would count as, okay, if I sold it, this is how much equity I would have in it. So you can count that as assets. Just simple. Like you add up basically like what's in your bank account, retirement account, all those things, subtract anything you owe money on. And then the final figure, hopefully it's a positive figure, is your net worth. So, you know, one of the things that I could just mention to take on debt over time, and we'll get into some ways that can happen, but if it increases how much you're worth or increases your net worth.
1: That's a good explanation. Thank you. And I think probably one of the first examples of this positive debt that comes to mind is very obvious, and that's your mortgage loan, Mm -hmm. right? Many don't have enough money saved to buy a house outright. Especially nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this is where a mortgage loan comes into play. Over a number of years, a house should appreciate in value, which will increase your net worth.
0: Right. Right. I mean, if you're smart about it, don't do a bunch of exotic loans or whatever over the course of time. Yes, correct. Another example of this type of debt. Is a student loan. All right. It's going to be tough. I know there are many horror stories about the dangers of student loans and, and, you know, it is. But a college degree can create opportunities for many. So it'd be great to graduate college without any debt, right? We would all hope for that. But this can be a difficult option for some. And this is why student loan debt can be a debt worth taking on. The debt that will ultimately pay for itself and help you make more money in the future. You do have to be smart about how much you borrow, right? And then what you study. So, I mean, there's different areas, you know, degrees that you can get in. So you got to be careful with that. But you want to make sure that you produce enough income that you're able to repay the loan. So in general, you don't accumulate more than one year's salary in student loan debt. Try not to do that of what you anticipate your future. So for instance, let's just say the starting teacher's salary is $45,000 a year. I don't want to try to accumulate, if I can, more than $45,000 of student loan debt.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb. And sadly, I think what trips people up here is, you know, when you're making the decision as to where you want to go to college, you're not thinking long-term financial. No, you're advantage. 18. <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: (laughs) exactly. So you may change your mind or maybe you're not necessarily putting your best foot forward and possibly getting some scholarships. But these things are in place for a reason, because we know that, you know, you're 18 and you're making that decision. But it's it's also good to have some of these rules of thumb.
0: Sure, sure. And I think one of the greatest things, too, and it was, I think, under I think it was under the Obama administration when they did make changes to the credit cards where it used to be at colleges Mm -hmm. You could get that free T-shirt, sit out there and sign up for a credit card, $5,000. So at least now laws have been in place where that doesn't happen anymore. But student loans, that's one of those things we we just have to be mindful of that when we're taking them on. Because, yeah, it's hard to think when you're 18 that I'm going to be paying this when I'm 35. Yeah. Nobody thinks about that.
1: N- not at all. Yeah. So a final example of debt that could be considered is money used for purchasing or starting a business. Mm -hmm. So if this business provides a worthwhile product and is managed well, the company should generate a profit and could become a good investment. Right. The main thing to remember is that with all three of these debts, whether that's mortgages, student loans, or starting a new business, you are acquiring debt to enable you to earn more money and or increase your net worth. And I think in talking about starting a business, we'll use a business term, and that's ROI or return on investment. I think when you look at taking on debt, look at it from that perspective of, am I going to get a return on this investment?
0: Right. Right. And it could be a small business. I'll use a personal example with my wife, Tracy. I've mentioned before that she on the side has a canvas painting class. I mean, we had the money in the bank to start off, but let's just say we didn't when she started that business 10 years ago. Well, startup costs weren't that much. I mean, basically it's canvases, it's easels, it's paint, paintbrushes. So maybe let's say we didn't have that money. We could you know take out a loan and probably all those supplies to start off would probably run $2,500. So not that much but in one class alone she depending on the size of the class she's been able to make that much money so Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that you just have to look you know longer term a little bit and just see okay is this can this business generate a profit and make money and then maybe it makes sense you know to take on that debt absolutely if you borrow money we'll just kind of highlight again if you borrow money to purchase something the following criteria should be met so number one the item should be something that will increase in value or produce an income so that's first set number two the value of the item should be equal to or worth more than the amount borrowed to purchase the item for instance i'll go back to like a student loan so like you know if you take out a student loan and for say say your four years is fifty thousand dollars but your job the first year you're going to make sixty thousand well you're already making more than what you borrowed and then the third um, is the amount borrowed should be within your ability to repay without placing a strain on your budget and this reminds me I'll go back a few years ago I was doing a presentation um, at a new teacher orientation and a teacher came up to me afterwards so I was talking about saving for retirement and she says I need you know a little help on paying off my student loans I have a lot and I'm like okay a lot I mean that that varies what that means to many people I'm like how much you know student loan do you have hundred and sixty thousand dollars so I thought I'm like So you chose a career, and at that time, I think the starting teacher salary was about $45,000 a year. So you took on $160,000 of student loan debt to be a teacher. I mean, I applied you to be a teacher, but like that really, you know, I'm thinking if you're taking on that debt, you're a doctor or a lawyer or something where your income is going to generate a lot of money over time. Yeah, so it's just you have to be smart about it as well, kind of going back to that student loan of what you major in to make sure that, you know, it's not going to put a huge strain on your budget. Yeah, gosh. I know, yeah.
1: Another example, I think, is to consider a home purchase. Mm -hmm. The family home has historically been an appreciating asset, as we've mentioned, which meets that first criteria. If you purchase a house with a decent down payment and use a shorter 15-year loan, its value will be greater than or close to what is owed on it. With the first two criteria met, we consider the third, which is where many people kind of went wrong during the housing crisis in 2000 to 2010. The house you purchase should not be so expensive that the monthly mortgage payments place a strain on your ability to repay. You should not have to get a special type of financing, like subprime, interest-only, adjustable-rate mortgage for this type of loan.
0: Right, because that's the thing. We go back to those days, like 2007, 2008, and people, you know, right now we're in kind of this housing boom where a lot of prices are going up. But to me, it's a little bit different. And I know there's still exotic loans, but a lot of people in that time were getting those arms, the adjustable rate mortgages, which strained their budget because they'd be like, you know what, we have it locked in at 3% for five years. But when interest rates went up, that arm adjusted. And instead of paying that interest rate, maybe it jumped up two percentage, whatever it may be. So all of a sudden you went from paying say $800 a month in your mortgage to $1,100 a month and then bam, you had no other options, right? You tried to, mm-hmm. and then when the houses went down, you tried to refinance, but you couldn't because your house was worth less than what you so I mean it just created this whole mess. But you just once again, I think this episode, we're just when we talk about debt, you just have to be careful. That's all. I mean, the number one thing is just make sure. And it's not going to put a huge strain on your budget when you go to pay it off.
1: Yeah, there are several different guideposts or rules of thumb when it comes to mortgages that I'm sure we'll touch on yes. in a singular episode. but. I think that that is an area where people get in a little bit over their head. There's a thing such as being house poor, uh-huh. and I think that that comes from lifestyle creep and uh-huh. all these other things. But it's it's a very real uh, circumstance. Well, going back to
0: credit cards, it feels good. The, the lender says, "Oh, you qualify for this home. You're a first time home buyer. You know, I'm an adult finally, and oh, I'm a." a and bam, it's just easy to get <laughs> locked into that right away. Right. So a talk about debt would not be complete without mentioning credit scores.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a whole future episode solely devoted to credit scores. But knowing that being responsible when using debt can help raise your credit score.
0: Right. And those with higher credit scores generally receive more favorable credit terms, which may translate into lower payments and less interest paid. Over the life of that
1: loan. Yep. So be sure to tune in later this season when we take a deep dive into that and how it can affect your financial wellness journey overall.
0: While the goal for many is to have no debt, it is not always realistic for some of us to start out that way. Just remember to try and eliminate most of your debt as soon as possible.
1: And to help with this, we're going to look at ways you can eliminate debt in a future episode. But that's it for today. Danny, thank you so much for chatting and thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the Bulls.
0: Run with the Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.